The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kuwale Agbayani, Alan Mia on this February 6th. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Man. I think Alan and I are still recovering from the weekend and all the awesomeness that was Hawaii girls high school soccer and the state championship games in Division One and Division Two. And yours truly, we were out there. Alan, I still think you did a fabulous job uh, despite you. losing your voice. But when I think about how we made that happen, I'm like, and I was just talking to Scott Robbs and some people last night at the For the Love of the Game celebration for UH Baseball. I'm like, you know. I think Alan, that's pretty good. And I and that was like for us not really even being familiar with the players too much. So we really had to rely on the numbers and the rosters. And then the second game, we couldn't even see oh, the, the opposite side of the field. Like the first game was just fine. We could see the numbers and everything. But yeah, once the stadium lighting went on and then um, it just we could not see the numbers. So we apologize on the opposite side of the field. But I mean, I think... I think you still did a pretty good job and we managed it just fine. And I, I'm glad that we were able to make it happen for the, the this audience that expected it to be on TV. But the the game had to be moved last minute from Waipio Stadium to Waipahu High School due to the weather and all that stuff. And so TV couldn't move that last second. But you know what? Radio magic, baby. We were able to make it happen and it, it turned out pretty good. No, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, it just sucks that I'm, I was still trying to get over a cold. So I really had no voice to begin with. And then I really lost it towards the end of the second game. But I had a blast. Um, it's hard uh, doing some, some of these high school games just because you don't get the familiar familiarity as you would like let's say you cover a college team you, you you live and die by them because you're with them all season long but what for uh, what we do games of the weeks and whatnot and then being thrust in the spotlight here with no tv stepping up to the plate to bring ra- it on radio um you know we don't get the familiarity with the with the girls and the and the teams itself so i thought you did a phenomenal job you were the greatest partner to have on that day because you you afforded me just brief moments where I could catch my breath, uh, trying to get over this this darn cold from golfing in the rain, which, again, I don't recommend ever again, <laughs> and I will not be doing it. But uh, I, I had a blast. It was it was so fun. Um, we had a couple listeners that just said they appreciated the you know the effort and and what it took to to make this happen for us and to bring it to to the fans that couldn't be there in the stadium. But let me tell you, the fans, with all the adjustments. From Kapa to Pac Five to Kamehameha Schools, Kapalama to Punahou School, all showed up in full force. So kudos to them to sticking it out with uncertainty in the weather. Yeah, and then of course Waipahu making it happen. I mean, they still had the concession stands going. They were able to put together like a menu and food and be ready to go and make everything you know work for the fans. And uh, kudos also to the HHSAA. I mean, of course, like. You were on the phone with Nat like Saturday morning, just going back and forth on, all right, can we make this happen? All right, do we have room? Okay, we can go here. All right, all this kind of, all the logistics that go on behind the scenes. But fortunately, yeah, we were able to um, make it happen. We'll we'll recap the games in a little bit or come in, or just a couple of seconds. And we'll also hear from both head coaches of the Division One teams in that Missy Moore for Kamehameha and then Shelly Izuno for Punahou, but also... What else are we going to talk about? It's Super World Week, baby. Oh, it's the big game. The big game is coming up this week. It was so weird not having 
football yesterday, like well, for the first time. Mm. It was kind of fun. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, but it's not something that Jalen like, Ramsey got a little little too serious at the end. <laughs> I saw that like somebody. Yeah, was that the one that tackled somebody like, or kind of like hit him out of bounds? Jalen Ramsey like shoulder. Shoulder block. Though. Yeah, so <laughs> that was one of the things that happened over um over the weekend. But it is Super Bowl week, so we will definitely talk a little about a little bit about that coming up on this show, but also throughout the week because the odds are going to be interesting to watch. Um, and we'll kind of talk to you who I'm feeling either way. But also coming up this week, we have the. Oh, by the way, also the Billabong Pro Pipeline, it is still, it didn't happen this over the weekend and it is still going on. So we didn't get anywhere further than the start of the bracket stage for both the men and the women. Next call for the Billabong Pro Pipeline, again, first stop on the WSLCT is 11.45 a.m. today. But also, uh, this week starts, not only will we talk about girls soccer or recapping girls soccer over the weekend, but also this week is boys basketball and boys soccer state championships happening um, starting today. So we have the first round of the Motivate Foundation HHSA Boys Soccer State Championships brought to you by Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Uh, the first round is today. The quarterfinals are on Thursday with the first round by team. So all the seeded teams, uh, just to recap for boys soccer, number one, Mililani, number two, Iolani, number three, Baldwin, and number four, Hilo. So they get the first round buys. And today starts the first round at the different schools. So match number one is this will be at King Kaolike. It's King Kaolike against Aiea. Uh, and then Punahou and Kapolei. That game is out at Punahou at 3 o'clock. Waikea and Kaiser at Waikea and Kalani versus Kailua. And that will be at Farrington High School if anyone wants to go check it out. And then also starting today, the first round of the Boys Basketball State Championships High Heidi and Cook, HHSA Boys Basketball State Championships. The first round, again, that's today. The quarterfinals with the first round buys are number one, St. Louis, number two, Campbell, number three, Kamehameha Schools, Maui, and number four, Kamehameha Schools, Hawaii. And so those are your first round buys for boys basketball. And today is the first round. You starting with Lahaina Luna versus Kailua at Lahaina Luna, Midilani versus Moana Lua at Midilani, and Konawaina versus Kahuku at Konawaina. And last but not least, Marino versus Lelehua, and that one is going to be at Marino. And for Division Two, the quarterfinals do not start until Wednesday. Again, this is they don't have a first round like Division One, so Division Two has the quarterfinals on Wednesday with the seeded teams being number one, Kohala, Taking on Kalani, number two seed Farrington versus University, number three seed Kauai versus Honoka'a. That game will be at Damien. And number four seed Seabury versus Hawaii Baptist. And going to Division Two, the Division Two bracket, um, that again, the quarterfinals for this is sorry, going back to boys soccer. Division two quarterfinals, same thing, starts on Thursday. Number one seed Kamehameha Schools Hawaii versus Wailua. And these are these games are at YPO, barring any crazy weather things that are happening this week. So expect something to change, at least for basketball. It'll, it's indoors, so it'll always be the same. But uh, 
unless that just reminds me of that you situation should, we yeah, have for the Barrington. Well, look. never mind. Yeah, anything can happen with basketball too. Uh, but yeah, so Kamehameha Schools Hawaii versus Waialua, number two seed Island School versus McKinley, number three Pac Five versus HPA, and number four Roosevelt versus Seabury. Again, that's the Division Two uh, boys soccer state championship. So a lot still going on in high school sports. Um, and then we want to give a shout out and congratulations before we go back into the recapping girls soccer to the paddling was also on Saturday. So the Kamehameha Kapalama girls won the states, uh, Punahou boys and Punahou mixed team, all are your canoe paddling title holder. So shout out to all of those schools. All right. Going back to girls soccer again. Awesome, awesome, awesome from both teams. Uh, the Pac-5 and Kapa'a game, Division Two, Pac-5 taking on the title or taking home the title, which I was actually surprised that, I mean, Kapa'a really came to play because when I watched the Division Two semifinals uh, the day before on Friday, I was telling Alan, like, I'm not sure how like close this game will be because versus their respective opponents. Pac-5 looked like a really, really good team. And then Kapa'a was like, seemed like a lesser team. But sometimes that happens if you play competition that's a little lower. You'll tend to look like that, especially in well, all kinds of sports and soccer. But when it came time to championship, man, it, it was a good one, a good matchup. And Kapa'a came to play, kept it close. But just that 1-0 win by Pac-5. Yeah, I, I thought Kapa'a held their own against a, a team that, even though it's Div 2 for, for Pac-5, they've played the Div 1 ILH teams. That's the Kamehameha uh, school. That's the Punahos. That's the Iolanis. And they held their own against the D1 ILH team. So it showed you that, you know, Pac-5 is a formidable foe. And uh, Kapa'a came to play. Because you look at, like, Kapa'a's schedule, they you know, you play Kauai High like three times. You play Waimea and you play... You know, you know, a lot of the, the KIF schools multiple and multiple times throughout the season just because not as many schools as here on Oahu. But you look at their schedule and you thought, well, maybe this might not be as close. But let me tell you something. That Kapa'a team, do not hang your head for one second. They came out to play. They showed up. Um, they had they, they fought through some adversity, especially in the first round of their, their HHSAA state tournament <laughs> um, against Nana Cooley. But... Uh, you know they battled. They battled hard, and and they were, it was there for the taking for them as well. It, it wasn't like Puno, uh, Pac Five, you know, held them to to this job because they weren't getting anything. No, Kapaa had their chances. Um, just just the Wolfpack came on top when they they really needed the most in those stretches. Yeah, and also of course the Division One, Punahou topping Kamehameha Schools Kapalama three zero. Really really competitive first half, um, but. At the end, it was just like, oh, my goodness, this was getting crazy. They just really got going. And this is actually, actually, we'll hear from head coach of Kamehameha Schools first, Missy Moore. And this is what she had to say following their game. Balances in soccer, you know, sometimes you can be playing a very good game. And if you don't finish your opportunities and the other team does, that's soccer. You know what I mean? You could be having a really good game and just, you know, they get off a good shot. And... Yeah, just talk about Puno's execution. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, so great finishing. Great finishing. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, you won three in a row. And you know, just talk about this program and, you know, came up short this time. But just talk about where the program is with, you know, making it to the finals all these times. Yeah, I mean, you know, winning the last three and then being here again for the fourth time in a row, that is not easy to do. You know, and so I got to give it, I got to give the hands off to these girls. I mean, they just keep coming in year after year, fighting year after year. And 
I mean, to be here in the final, it, it really meant a lot and just showed where our program is. You know, they're going to just keep fighting, you know, yeah. every year. Expect us to fight. And can you believe that? It's like, this was their, so as mentioned in the interview, and again, mahalo to Kyle Sakamoto for the audio clips, and that's whose voice you heard back there for from the star advertiser. Um, but yeah, Three, they won three in a row. You know, there wasn't a state tourney in 2021, so they won 2019, 2020, and 2022. And then Kamehameha is back in the championship game. And I mean, you really can't hang your head on a program like that that is just always competitive. And since they've switched to this Division One, Division Two tournament style, I mean, you look at kind of the history book and you see Kamehameha a lot. You know, obviously before it was Coach Bud, Michelle Nagamine, who's now the UH soccer head coach. And then after that, you have Missy Moore taking over and winning one in 2012 and 2014. And then, like I said, all from 2019 through 2022. And they're going to be competitive probably next year as well. So, Hey, it just went to put a hole this time, and that's what happens. I, you know, I love what Missy said there. Um, just finishing Punahou, just just great, great finishing, and we sh- we saw the first goal off the crossbar hits down, uh, and then uh, because of the spin off the crossbar, is able to go back into the net. That puts uh, P- uh, Punahou up one nil in the second half. All of a sudden, a left footed shot into the the tuck it in right in the lower corner of the far post, barely perfect angle, perfect shot off foot. It was, it was a beaut. And then you look at the third goal scored. That was a howitzer. That was a missile down the middle. And there was no stopping that. I don't care who you were. Yeah. And that's all it comes down to. Sometimes you can't even put the ball in the back of the net. Or you're missing a bunch. But also, this is what the uh, winning head coach of Punaho Shelly Izuno had to say following the game. <laughs> we always talk about being positive and there's always a silver lining in something you can take something positive out of every situation even heartbreak and this is what it was and they were like okay our goal to get the ILH title you know we missed that one but okay now let's go get this one so can you describe what it was for like for you guys just to pick pick everything back put everything back together after that I'm sure it was a devastating last year's final it's been a hard year, and honestly, I felt it until today. <laughs> um, and we all have, and I think just having that fire for the 17 returnees to come back to this game and know we were going to leave with the result we wanted. Can, can you speak to your connection, especially in the second half? It just seemed to get better and better as the, in the offensive third, especially as the game went. We kept saying in the past several years that Commitment was a second-half team and they always came out strong, but second half they came out stronger. So we said, why are we saying that? Like, why don't we change that? Why don't we be the second-half team? And I've just been telling them at halftime, our energy is going to go up or it's going to go down. It's up to you to pick. And they've just picked it up ever since our YKL game. What would you rank this performance, you know, in your, in your coaching career? Second half was tops the execution they started to connect taking the shots great shots and and, you know we've been finding marley Rowe, and we said okay keep away from the keeper today (laughs) (laughs) that's funny keep away from the keeper today and to open that uh her interview that again that was shelly Izuno, the head coach of Punahou, the winning team for the Division One Girls State Soccer title, and mahalo again to Kyle Sakamoto from the Star Advertiser for the audio clips. Uh, we'll recap a little bit more of that Division One final, but got to step aside really quick. We'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. 
recapping the Motivate Foundation HHSA Girls State uh, Soccer Championships brought to you by the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. As we mentioned, uh, we played earlier from the Punahou and Kamehameha Kapalama head coaches, Missy Moore and Shelly Izuno. And actually, and Shelly said it, you know, in the beginning of her her interview is that, um, you know, just recovering from the heartbreak. And, and it goes back to, as she mentioned last year, losing in, you know, after overtime and then losing in penalty kicks to um, Kamehameha for that state title last year. And then this year, they tie both games in the regular ILH season. And then they lose again when they had to do the playoff game for the ILH title. And then essentially the first round by for the state championship. So you're trying to overcome that. And then it's just that relief when you win then you put it all out there like she said we're going to be the second half team this time and it looked that way like they really stepped it up another notch in that second half and got those two goals and and it's just I can't imagine like and and you guys know I always joke about Punahou Mililani but at the end of the day it's all it's all fun because obviously they're not the same team that I played five years ago (laughs) but you know and and like these girls work really hard and this is like all the excitement on their face and just you know like 17 returnees that 17 girls that felt that that heartbreak last season and then to get that redemption for them it's just it's really exciting and I'm 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 happy for them that they got to you know as much as we love Kamehameha too and and Missy and everything and and coach Bud but you know at the end of the day that's why they play the games and it was it's someone has to lose and someone has to feel the heartbreak but for Punahou to kind of have that adversity last season and the heartbreak and then this season and then but finishing it off and winning when it mattered I mean that's all you could really want you know Punahou did such a great job of becoming like you said that second second half team but when they got the second goal uh, to put them up 2-0 they didn't just stop there and be like okay we got a two-goal cushion here let's sit back and just you know, try to relieve pressure, you know, relieve any type of pressure that Kamehameha wants to, to put on us. They were like, uh-uh, now it becomes statement time. And let's 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 put the gas, to the, the the pedal to the floor as my voice cracks. Let's <laughs> let's put the pedal to the floor and, and keep going forward. And, and they really did. They put the pressure. Now, with that being said, because of the finishing, and this is why I think Missy was spot on with it. It's you look at at what Kamehameha was trying to do. Had they been able to connect with a couple of those through balls, um, not even on in the inside and also trying to go back on the outside, but it ha- had they were able to connect with with their forward and their striker, Ionare V, it could have been a different score because Ionare V was having some success in, in that second half, especially getting past the back line and staying on side uh, with, for that matter. But the passes just couldn't connect. And, but had they had, you know, had they done so, it would have been a different story there, but I, I think the fact that Punahou didn't sit back and they kept pressing forward really made Kamehameha schools really think about pushing forward more because they were they were exposing themselves to the back. Yeah, and Kamehameha, like in case you know you guys weren't there or didn't weren't able to listen to the broadcast, I mean they did have chances. Like don't don't get it twisted that you know Punahou was just dominating the entire time. So a lot of credit goes to Zayana Salanoa, the goalkeeper for Punahou. I mean she made a few incredible saves where I thought the ball was going to go in and Kamehameha was going to score. But there was just one down the middle too. And she just dropped really. And it's hard. Like if you've ever been a 
keeper to drop like that quickly, like right to her right side and come up with like a huge save. It was, yeah, it was incredible. Like Kamehameha had their fair share of chances where they almost scored and Zayana, one of the Solanoa sisters, one of three that stepped up in that game. And it was, it was, it was a beautiful match. Uh, it, again, I, we both had so much fun just being a part of it and yeah, hope to, hope to do it again. Crazy someday. thing is, is Zayana Solanoa is only a sophomore. So you're going to see her for the next couple of years. And, and you're right. That save, it was a low shot on the inside for uh, her, her inside right post. And somehow through all that traffic, she saw the shot get off and quickly got to the ground Hand extended, right arm, strong, stiff palm, and, and was able to keep that ball out. But that was a game changer, too, because that would have tied it up 1-1. And, and then we would have had a different ball game. And um, But Solanoa came up with some huge saves, uh, came out just at the right time on a lot of 50-50 balls up in the air, uh, you know, preventing Nikki Mao getting forward as, as well as uh, V, as we said earlier. So, you know, Solanoa was a big part of that win as well. So it was an all-out effort for Punahou Schools. They were darn good, but don't don't let that score fool you because Kamehameha came to play, and and they they showed you why they're the ILH champs, and they showed you why you know Missy and and her squad have won three in a row. Um, they 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 deserve to be there for that moment, and really that game was a like that like I said that one save really changed the dynamics of of the whole match. Again, that was the so that that's. There you have it, folks. The Division One and Two Girls Soccer State Championships are in the book. This week is boys soccer and boys basketball, and we'll keep you updated with that as well. We will not, well, as of now, I'll just say as of now, we will not be doing or broadcast, even though I know it's in high demand because, you know, Alan and I were pretty awesome. <laughs> Or at least Alan was. Alan had the hard job. I I just I had the easy job of reacting. Like I mean, as someone that's played soccer forever and coached, I'm like I had the easy job. Alan did an amazing job doing the play by play in soccer. No breaks. It's just and forty just, minutes. Like, straight really, you know, you watch fast, like, fast, fast. Like you watch like Premier League. There's a lot of possession hold, and you got time. Like this was just like nonstop, just battle of the mids, and 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 see who was gonna win that middle third, and then it was just. Yeah, it was back. It was like pinball. It was watching like literally you're playing the the yeah. old arcade pinball game. Yeah. And by the way, if you guys, you know, are curious to listen to what it sound like, it will be up and available for you to listen to in our archives. We'll have it up on HawaiiSportsRadio.com uh, later on this afternoon or wherever you get most podcasts. So if you want to if you want to be entertained, <laughs> you can listen to That's it. To or if least. you know anyone from the, the schools that participated, you know, now again, there was no TV. So if you want to let them know that they can l- listen to the um, the archived file, then yeah, we'll have it up later today again at hawaiisportsradio.com. But as I was saying, we won't be at boys um, soccer championships on Saturday. We will instead be at the HPU baseball opening day. <laughs> so we'll be out there as of now. I'll Things be back. Could change. Yeah. So in some capacity. So Alan, Alan will be a part of that broadcast for HPU baseball. Either way, you'll get Alan on Saturday, whether we're at HPU baseball, which we have planned as of today, but anything could change. Or he'll be, you know, sliding over to the play-by-play seat on Saturday if we do end up doing boys soccer. So let's see. Anything could happen. It's radio, folks. That's what we had to do on Saturday is kind of adapt to the change, last-minute change for the rec- schedule and everything. And I do want to say for our partners on the TV side, they didn't do it because they didn't want to do it. Yeah. It's just – it's it's it's. I don't know if, if you guys are even aware. It is so much more work to try to move – 
you know, a television broadcast on on a dime on the at the last minute. Um, so you know, they really tried. They really wanted to make this happen as well, but it just logistically it was never gonna work. Um, but so we don't want to make like they didn't want to do it, you yeah. know. But but I, I think all of us as partners, we all try to help each other out, even if they're TV, radio. We all try to figure ways out to make it work for everybody. So. Uh, unfortunately, this one was just too late of notice, and and rightfully so because of the the con- conditions that was that was out of their hands. Yeah, and I think I think honestly, if they really maybe brought in extra hands, they could have switched the location. But if it's raining, obviously you can't work with that type of electrical equipment out in the elements, and that that's ultimately to what it came down to like they have to think of the safety of their crew you know that's there's way more behind the scenes than just the two broadcasters you see on tv so it's the crew getting electrical equipment in the rain that is entirely unsafe so well, i think it's it's like you said it's not it's not just rain this was actually a thunderstorm over yeah. us which so there was thunder and lightning throughout the day so that's what you really have to be cautious for and that's why that was the only thing that would have you know prevented this these two matches from happening was if the lightning still stuck around as it, it, it had been firing off all morning and all afternoon up until almost match time so uh the the weather gods held up very nicely though for the these two yeah. games and then everybody seemed to ask me like why did they even switch it i mean soccer players play in the rain all the time i honestly think it was more of a city and county, city and county call where in the ypo stadium it is grass and it's beautiful grass i love playing on there but they the reason why the field still looks as nice as it does till this day is because they don't play on it when it gets like this and you like pretty much when it rains and you dig up the grass and yeah <laughs> that's probably why they're like nope you need to move they, they catch enough slack already for the filter the <laughs> yeah. surface of of why people put into the soccer stadium <laughs> they weren't trying to add on to that with like after the match looking at the field going what just happened to yeah you? so it had to switch over to turf but yeah made it work all right uh we'll be back and talk more local sports everything that's going on next on wake up in the den <laughs> Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, because as if you know you didn't hear us enough on Saturday. You get more of us now. Woo! Triple, quadruple dose of everything. Um, But yeah, so we were just talking about soccer, but also going on, happening today, actually. Happy first day of spring practices for University of Hawaii football. we mentioned it multiple times last week, but there is no spring game or green and white, but practices are still open to the public. So if you guys want to kind of get your dose to, dose of UH football, you can go out there uh, to UH and, and watch practice. As of now, Timmy Chang said that it is open, just no spring game and no hurrah is the real focus as it should be. It's just getting these guys familiar and learning the run and shoot as they are committed to running that during the fall, but... Yeah, so I encourage you guys to check it out. Also, yesterday, I or last night, I went to the For the Love of the Game celebration, uh, which is the kind of the dinner and 
fundraiser for UH Baseball as they open the season on Friday, February 17th versus Wright State. So that's the series from Friday to Sunday the 19th. The alumni games, actually the both the alumni games, well, the alumni game for UH was canceled because of the weather. And then I believe HPU, uh, they rescheduled to yesterday. So at least some people got to see some baseball yesterday. But I need to give like a huge shout out and like round of applause to head coach Rich Hill from UH Baseball because he last night, it's probably like the most significant thing. He, on his own accord, invited Bob Kulin and the softball girls to come out to the event, not to work, but they got dressed up, wore their pretty dresses, were able to eat the food that was there and, you know, sit in the stands. And when the formal program started, they had the softball team come up, you know, stand on stage. And Bob Kulin said a few words and he even said in his 30 something years, you know, he's wanted to have more of a partnership with the baseball team and, this never this never happened and Rich Hill comes in second year invites the softball girls to come out and and even be recognized and and kudos to Bob Kulin he he was just appreciative you know he didn't take much time during his speech because it was the baseball program thing but I mean it, it was huge and I I'm getting chicken skin just talking about it and it like yeah Rich Hill, he did a good the, the good thing, and he wants to continue a partnership with the softball team, and they'll be invited every year. He said basically, as long as he's still the coach, and every for the love of the game celebration, he'll have the girls be able to come out again, get dressed up, you know, and it's their chance to mingle with the fans too. Hopefully, make some new fans and get some support from the fans that are there supporting baseball. But yeah, that was a huge thing that Rich Hill did was invite. The softball team. And if you really think about it, I mean, like, one, baseball and softball are synonymous together. And and, and the thing also is you got to realize people go to the softball game before they go to baseball. And then after, softball is usually still playing because for some odd reason, the games forever take forever now in softball. And, and so then after the game, they go back, right? So the, the fans are one and the same. So we might as well highlight both and, and support both. And it's been kind of one thing I've always kind of wondered, why doesn't it take place across the country? When we talk about growing the women's sports and, and they, when, when you got basketball, men's and women's programs, why don't they have the, like, you know, basketball has like a lot of programs, they'll have like an event for the men's basketball team. Why not include the women and, and, and split proceeds? I get it. The men's team needs funding, but so does the women the women program, I would say even more so. So you might as well split and try to come together as, as a group and say we're we're collective whole here. Baseball, softball together, men's and women's basketball together, and, and so forth down the line. You know, if some schools have both men's and women's water polo. Do it together, men's and women's volleyball. Do it together so that way both programs are able to, you know, benefit from a collective group, which is your fan base. Yeah, and I don't know if they should go that far to – Cause yeah, like you're a program, hater. I can say it. I'm a woman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, just stirring up trouble. I mean, cause like, if you think about it, the reverse, right? Like here, like the women's volleyball for a long time was way more popular than men's volleyball. And they didn't give anything. I yeah. Know, so I'm like, if you flip it, you're like, if you're the women's team, you're like, I don't want to share with them. I think that's team. a bad example though. <laughs> Because, because I, think I agree. Obviously, I agree with you. Yeah, we want to bring up the women's team, but each program is essentially fundraising for themselves and certain fans are f- more fans of one particular, even though they're the same sport, they're more fans of the women's team or the men's team more than, more than the other. Like that's the best example in Hawaii is like for the longest time, women's volleyball, they've never had to, um, 
work hard for support and funding because they've always just had like their solid amount of donors. And yeah, I think if you were to ask Dave Shoji back in the day if he wanted to share with the men's team, he'd uh, be I like, think it'd be absolutely uh, not. no, thank you. <laughs> we want to take our proceeds and all of our support. And I get share. it. But no, but it was it's still important to highlight how important that is. Again, Bob Coolin said it last night. His thirty something years, he's never like not once even been invited or asked to be a part of anything. But now that Rich Hill was here and did it on his own, it wasn't Bob Coolin, you know, asking Coach Hill like, "Hey, you know, is it okay if we come?" It was Rich Hill that suggested it himself that reached out to Bob and said, "You know, bring your girls. Don't work. They can enjoy the food and dress up and." Yeah, if I if I was one of the softball players or Bob Coolin, it would be like, Keiko, this is that would be their chance and opportunity to get more fans and hopefully get support. Because if you're just out talking and mingling with, because you said it's it's essentially the same type of sport, so why wouldn't you? But some people have maybe that just that personal connection, right, to baseball. As we know, our former boss, like he just loves the baseball program forever and ever. And that's where all the support goes. But Here's if you thing. get out there and ask, like get to know like some of these donors and supporters of baseball, you're going to essentially get fans that want to come and support you because you meet the players personally. And then you start to have like that emotional connection to the team. So if it'll you love them. baseball and have a daughter, you end up loving softball, yeah. even, probably even more so. Uh, but, you know, the programs, uh, here, here's the last thing I'll say on this is, UH, please start charging for admission for softball. I know, that's please, the crazy thing, Please, for right? the love of the man upstairs, you could easily, even if you charge a dollar. Yeah. As my voice cracks again. You you could get, let's, let's say you charge a dollar. You could get easily maybe about 1500 a pop a game yeah. for the program. Yeah, that's that's insane. Like, they don't and charge. now that tournaments, they're, they're you know the fourteen tournaments that have been really a staple of UH softball to start the year because a lot of East Coast teams come here because they can't play on the East Coast for obvious reasons. The weather, they come out here. Some of them stay like three weeks at a time, play yeah. three tournaments in a row because again they can't really go back home anyway, so they might as well stay in paradise and and play. Um, so just. You could charge and start making some funds for the for the program. Yeah. Do they not charge for those tournaments? No, it's free. Maybe then I could get a ring. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Yes. I would think they would at least no, charge for they the don't tournaments. Charge. That's what I'm telling you. Just start charging. Wow. And you're right. Even if it's just a dollar. Just a dollar. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you. I mean, you got to start somewhere, is, right? Is there a reason why they don't charge for softball? Uh, it's just probably one of those omen, like, you know, those onlookers, the, you know, almost like, well, it's a non-revenue sport type thing. Wow. Or they feel like if they charge, then they would have less people come out. But right. I, I highly disagree. But that so darn good. They're going to be good this year, by the way. They're in the five days away from their start. I know. I can't believe it. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> oh, don't be that guy. I don't want to be the one that starts all this. I got to go there a lot. Well, that's why you're like in the program. So I was thinking like if you had any inclination as to why they don't charge because. You know what? I, I just honestly, again, you got to start somewhere. I'm not saying charge five bucks because then you'll yeah, really lose I people. I a dollar. But a dollar? Yeah. Right. And people that go. Here's the thing. There's also a donation jar sometimes when, well, when they had the booster club. Actually, I haven't seen the booster club around lately, but they used to set up a table for donations. Like if you go, dude, drop off a dollar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. Bruh. They should charge like 
they should do like comma Aina. They like five bucks for um like free for, you know, local residents for the tournaments I'm talking about and five bucks for yeah, like can you do that? They should charge something at least for the tournaments. Cause you're right, the other schools are gonna come in, especially for the tournament time, and they bring all their fans and I'm sure at some of the bigger schools, like oh, they, sure charge they charge for softball, so people are used to yeah. it. Wow. My mind blown emoji. Mind blown. <laughs> wow. Oh, they should totally charge. That would definitely help the softball team. And see. Wow. Speaking of softball, I'm excited for HPU too. Like oh, yeah. it's gonna HPU's be. A, gonna I think. Be good. I think it's gonna be a good year for both UH and HPU in both baseball and softball. Oh my god! I mean, UH Hilo's on a roll, by the way, for baseball. Yeah. Good lord, they're super good. <laughs> I mean, they opened the season with those two wins. I didn't look or if four, they. Four, I think. I think all they swept. four. I think they swept. Wow. They swept uh, number fifteen. Yeah. Um, a root. Uh, I forget who it was. <laughs> yeah. So, but going back to UH softball, as Alan mentioned, they do open up this week with the as speaking of a tournament with the paradise classic at rainbow wahine softball stadium so it'll be their first game will be on friday february 10th versus utah tech which always throws me off saying utah tech gets the four right isn't that the former dixie state yes i think it is yes so utah tech friday at 5 30 p.m again at rainbow wahine softball stadium and then at 7 30 they play saint mary's and they do do it again on Saturday and Sunday. So those double double headers against Utah Tech and St. Mary's starting this Friday with the Paradise Classic. So if you guys can go out and support, again, it's free for now, even though Alan and I are stamping it and saying they should charge for softball. Even a dollar. Just a dollar. A dollar. You can find the change in your car. Imagine if they charged for when uh, Oklahoma came into town last year. Oh, my gosh. That would have been a $3,000 pop right there. So how do they, do they just make money on the, no, because they can't. No, they don't get concessions out of it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like. Ah, they don't make. (laughs) It's not like when you go to like high school um, fields and and gyms where they have like their parents or whatever that cook the food, make the burgers. And that essentially goes back to the athletics department or the specific team as a fundraiser. But yeah, it's not that way at UH because of your wife. (laughs) Just kidding. I know. Darn you, Lord! No, no, no. <laughs> because it's but, the by the way, for the record, my wife has nothing to do with it. I know that would see that would be cool though too if like softball would at least be able to sell their own like drinks or snacks or something, but they can't do that either. I'm telling you, all right, charge, charge, charge. If anyone can hear us from UH, charge. <laughs> Anywho, all right. When we come back, we will start our Super Bowl talk. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> when we come back on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Agbayani, Alan, Mia. It is officially Super Bowl week. As I see all the people I follow on Twitter, like from our um, partners at SportsMap and VSIN, and everyone's out at Radio Row. Jelly! <laughs> They're all out there with their fancy tables at Radio Row for the Super Bowl. Um, fortunately, it's in Arizona, so there's not. I'm not that jealous. <laughs> it's not like it's in a cooler city. Arizona, Hawaii. 
Yeah. I think we're one yeah. of the day. Yeah. Like last year was cool because it was at SoFi Stadium and it was the first one. And that was real. That would have been really cool to go to. But meh, this one. Eh. When it goes back to Vegas, maybe. Yeah, Vegas or I don't know where else I would go. But hopefully it'll happen when, you know. I'd go to New York if it was in New York. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Anywho, looking at the odds right now as it stands, the Kansas City Chiefs are the underdog as of today, which, you know, it's like it's weird to say that. Usually come game time, though, they always close as the the favorite. But as it stands right now, the Eagles are favored by one and a half. So still very, very close Uh, on the money line. Kansas City Chiefs, if you want to just bet them straight up, plus 105 on the money line. Essentially, essentially it's a pick them. Yeah. Total 50 and a half. Which honestly, I feel like it's kind of low. No, I feel like these two teams, especially because you have two quarterbacks that aren't hundred percent, and the offense is going to be a little different. But and both deep, well, especially the Eagles' defense has been pr- playing really well, and like to me, that seems kind of high. I think that's low. Really? Yeah. All right, you guys. Allen is legging the over, so that means it is going to go under. <laughs> that's what I'm throwing out there. Yeah, he's just going to throw it. Out just there. putting it out there in the universe. No, I would, I would, I, you know, it's essentially, I would, I would expect as, as we get closer to this, to game day, to Super Bowl, to big game Sunday, I would probably venture to say it turns into a PK. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that one and a half is going to stick, and I think it's too close of a game. I think literally you might, for the first time, and I don't know how long, see a pick em for. The Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I was saying last week. I'm like, because I wouldn't know which way to go, especially. Is there because... a way to even look up that stat? Like, when's the last time a Super Bowl matchup was a pick'em? I'm sure it's. I mean, Google has everything, so you can find anything. Ah, uh, are the you internet. basically telling me to Google it? Yes, because I'm looking at all these other odds right now. Right. This is via BetMGM, and it's it's interesting because they have obviously like parlays and stuff, and so some of their popular one game parlay is the Eagles money line. Uh, Dallas Goddard, five and a half receptions. And Dallas Goddard with 50 plus, or sorry, 50 plus receptions and then 50 plus receiving yards for the game. I would like that if it wasn't the Eagles money line. Uh, Another one of their popular one game parlay is Travis Kelsey, 85 or more receiving yards, 85 plus receiving yards. Uh, Travis Kelsey, nine plus receptions and player touchdowns. Travis Kelsey to score anytime. I kind of like that one. I mean, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, that's kind of his like go to making sure everything happens guy. I feel like it's the, the Super Bowl when they always show up and show out. So, yeah, I wouldn't know which team to pick so far. Maybe I'll make a literal game time decision on which team I feel better about who's going into the game. But looking at these one game parlays, that has to be my favorite. Anything with Travis Kelsey and going over, over, over. Like for the game, don't feel that great about the over with the 50 and a half. But liking some of these stats right now, uh, some of the single touchdown uh, bets, Travis Kelsey is the favorite to score any time, but at minus 125. But to score the first touchdown, plus 650. And Jalen Hurts actually to score the first touchdown at eight to one odds and anytime touchdown minus 110. So Isaiah Pacheco, who has been another standout, he is 
plus 850 to score the first touchdown and plus 140 to score the anytime touchdown. So these are always fun to watch. I personally am probably the most excited for Rihanna. There's going to be a football game at the Rihanna concert, you guys. <laughs> I feel like all of my other friends that are just excited to see her perform live as she hasn't in a while. But yeah, that's probably the most. I think there's better choices out there. I'm just saying. What? I'm just saying. Rihanna? Yeah. No, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. You don't know. Rihanna's like at the top, like of the most streamed artists or whatever. So, and she hasn't performed live in like over, I think it's like over five years and obviously hasn't released music in a while. So despite what Alan thinks, he's wrong because everyone's excited about Rihanna. All right. So. At least it's better than. Beyonce. No, you take that back. My gosh, that reminds me of what Stephen A. Smith had said about like Rihanna's not Beyonce and then started like this whole oh, like angry mob of all kinds of fans and then had to issue an apology. <laughs> so funny. So there's never been in Super Bowl history a pick'em as far as the odds are concerned. Oh. The closest it's got is in 2015, Seattle was a minus one favorite. Oh. Uh, in 1982, Frisk San Francisco was a minus one favorite. And all the way back in 1973, Miami was a minus one. So, with that being said, the closest it's ever been is minus one, which I think you either will have a minus one or essentially a pick'em game this year. Just uh, a little did-you-know fun fact of the day. All right. There you go, Alan, with the... Yeah, so it's never been a pick up. I, I agree with you. I would actually. It's and it's weird because usually you don't expect, or even in the NFL, to even come close to a pick up. But I would almost be shocked if it didn't close as a pick up, just because I mean these two teams are just so evenly matched, especially when you have two of the quarterbacks who are balling out despite not being a hundred percent healthy. And I still think it's crazy that Patrick Mahomes is even playing with a high ankle sprain, but. They have like the best medical uh, attention and recovery that you can get. But that's why I'm liking a lot of these Travis Kelsey prop bets because that's going to be obviously be his main target. And the Travis Kelsey, as I mentioned, 85 plus receiving yards. Travis Kelsey, nine plus receptions mm. in the game. And Travis Kelsey to score any time. I like that a lot better than the other top one game parlay via BetMGM with the Eagles money line to win and Dallas Goddard five plus receptions and Dallas Goddard 50 plus receiving yards. But either way, we'll definitely follow the odds as it goes on this week. But Alan, if you guys have been listening to the show, Alan is throwing it out there that I think is, it's the over. He is thinking it the 50 and a half Generally OU mean. is a little too high. So Take that how you must for our beautiful list of all the beautiful people who have been listening to this show quite often. And we'll know that if Alan goes over, it will go under. <laughs> I feel like that's been like 100% accurate. Oh, so it's far. like 100% of the time. It works all the time. <laughs> yeah. We're not even kidding for all of Not over. Like, yeah, every time I think it's over, it's way under. <laughs> and I've, I feel like after I saw like my initial gut feeling is already under because you're thinking, yeah, one team, you're thinking they're going to score like 30-something. I just, I, 
I mean, you think about it. Okay, if it's 50, it's 25-25. I think even injured Mahomes, injured Hurts. That's funny. That's a injured, <laughs> I should say, injured Jalen um, and injured Mahomes. I, I still think they're capable of putting up at least 21. So then you go, okay, well, there's 21. Is, is there someone able enough to get another eight points? I think that's doable. I think it's right on, like, I think it's on the money. I think that that line is on the money, but I think someone will get to 51, 52. <laughs> All I can think about is just Alan's luck. He's going to go over, and then that hook is going to matter. It'll be land, like he said, it'll land on 50. Because <laughs> it's, it's 50 and a half, right? Yeah. That damn, that darn hook. <laughs> it's the hook that gets me. No, like Alan's luck. It'll be, yeah, a score of something close to that 25, 25. And then come Monday morning, I'll just be like laughing so Tony, hard. It's the darn hook. <laughs> That's why they put that there. And even just like the spread, right now it has that one in a hook. So you never know which way it's going to go. Again, so far the Eagles are favored by one and a half. And but just seeing the Chiefs as the dog is crazy. That's where you want to, I don't know, sprinkle a little on the money line. As I mean, I thought it was going to go the other way in the Chiefs Bengals game, but never know. So. If you're going with the Chiefs, that plus 105, you can barely ever get the plus money line odds on the Chiefs. Pretty much you can never because they're always favorite. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. But I'm more excited for Rihanna. <laughs> as long as Alan's it's not Maroon 5. His head. He's just going to keep shaking his head like, no, it's not ever. Well, anyways, it's been a fun show for Alamia. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye. Your home for USC Trojans football, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.